Here by the Owl podcast is a podcast for owlets and wise owls alike. Join hosts Nikki Fiddle-Eye-Doll and Brianna Briegel along with rotating owls from across the country as they discuss what it takes to advise from time to time. Our podcast is fueled by the true knowledge from empowering agricultural education instructors and ripen with the wisdom you will never learn in a textbook. Welcome back to another episode of Here by the Owl podcast. Today, Nikki and I are so excited to have um, a legend ag teacher with us, Brian Schneider. Um, for those of you that maybe don't teach in North Dakota, um, Nikki and I both really look up to Brian and um, when I was a member myself, he kind of was intimidating as an advisor who uh, kind of won everything, but now um, happy to be a colleague and happy to have him on our podcast today. So Brian, why don't you start out by introducing yourself and kind of a little bit about you and your program. Hi, I'm uh, Brian Schneider. As Brianna said, I'm the Ag Instructor and FFA Advisor in Napoleon, North Dakota at Napoleon Public School. I teach 7 through 12. Um, I typically have about 90% of all the high school kids and all of the junior high kids. But And some of my junior high kids do get involved in FFA and SAE right away uh, as seventh or eighth graders, but they're not pushed real hard to do their SAEs and stuff until they're ninth graders. Although, like I say, there are some that uh, choose to get active right away and start those SAE programs and start attending FFA events and so on. Yeah, so we're here today. Before we started recording, Brian was telling us that he doesn't do anything fancy. And I think our topic today, this is such a good reminder that for SAE visits, especially in the summertime, if you have an extended contract, it doesn't have to be fancy to be purposeful and to be functional. And so I'm really excited for this conversation today. So I guess, how do you, you know, for us in North Dakota, We've been out of school about a week, some people a little longer. Some of our listeners are still in school. We, we feel for you all. <laughs> um, but, you know, moving into this, the summer, Ryan, how do you plan your, your summer SAE visits? I guess the first thing I do is typically about the same time that school's letting out, I lay out my summer calendar and the first thing I do is put in your state convention and your fair um, traveling and the PDC and so on. And then with the remaining days, that's when I'll actually schedule those SAE visits. And, you know, even though there's events going on some of those other days, I might do a, some morning SAE visits or vice versa. Maybe the morning I'm busy with something else, but then in the afternoon, I'll go do some SAE visits. Um, so I guess the first thing I do is kind of look at that summer calendar and lay that out. So I have a good idea of when I want to do those SAE visits. Um, I used to, I'm on an 11 month contract. So I have 40 days and I used to, work a lot more than those 40 days 
And I'm not saying I still don't do a little more than that, but I do try to keep it around there um, because it just got to the point where it's like, okay, I'm working all summer and I'm not under contract all summer, but I still need to accomplish this list of things, which obviously includes SAE visits. How many students do you typically have, like on average, I guess, sign up for SAE in the summertime? Okay, I don't do a separate SAE program. So basically all my high school students are expected to have an SAE. That does not mean that every one of them has a typical SAE, but most of them do have some type of work placement, uh, that type of thing. And I generally have about 60 to 70 kids in my program. So when you're working through your summer calendar, there's obviously kids that have maybe a more traditional SAE where the summertime, you really got to visit them. Because for us, you know, if you have a lawnmower mowing SAE, you have to visit that kid in the summer in order, you know, to really help them. But I guess digressing from what our next question was, because I'm curious, how do you, how do you work with those kids too that don't have the typical SAE? Do, do you focus on certain kids in the summertime? Because obviously everyone listening knows that SAE visits can be done year round and they should be done year round. But is there like a focus? Because you said you prioritize your summer list is some of that prioritizing the students that you're going to visit? Uh, yes, in a way that kind of that you just alluded to. Um, there are those students that you have to visit during the summertime because, as you said, if they are have a lawn mowing business or if they are doing crop production, uh, you want to get out there when they're actually doing the project. So I would prioritize those you know to the summer months um farm visits i generally try to get done in the summer because they typically take longer um i do of course you know just like you guys i'm sure do many of them during the school year if they are working at a store uptown um somewhere here in in our small community that it's possible to visit them year round then they probably won't have a summer visit. I'll probably catch them in the fall once school starts. And it's impossible for me to get all those SAE visits done during the summer. So, I mean, that kind of makes it more logical. Yeah, that makes sense. You have, you know, you seems like you have quite a few um, different students that you have to visit and obviously just by yourself since you're a single teacher program. Um, but that being said, how do you kind of coordinate with your students to set up those SAE visits since you do have so many of them? Uh, typically now, and I guess for quite a few years, I generally will send out an email to the student and the parents. Um, and then most of my kids I can message and I will use that as a way to verify in case they're not checking emails. Um, when I'm trying to schedule, I will message them and say, just simply, hey, would Thursday work for you for me to come out? Or whatever it might be. Years ago, you know, I used to send out an actual paper letter and, and so on. And it was a lot harder because 
yes, they got that. But then if they didn't let me know, then maybe they were gone that day. I, I would say now it's a lot easier because of the, the speed of communication. You know, if somebody all of a sudden they were, I was going to go there tomorrow and now something doesn't work. They can shoot me a message and say, hey, Ms. Schneider, it's not going to work tomorrow. Can you come, you know, a different day and we'll figure out another time. So you, you talked a lot about in-person SAE visits. Is that how you traditionally do them? Or do you have some where students are coming to you at the school and, and doing an SAE visit or even online? I didn't um, do any online last year. Uh, last year was kind of an unusual year because I didn't do a lot of them because we weren't sure if we were allowed to or not. But other than that, I know I've never done a Zoom SAE visit um, or something along that line. I will have sometimes students just stop at the egg department. If it's just a, a difficult um, visit to make happen at their job site. You know, maybe they're mostly working out of town um, doing construction or, you know, something along that line where it's just not going to work to actually visit them at the job site. Then I'll do, like I say, I'll, I'll schedule them and ask them to just stop in the ag department on a day when I'm here. Uh, but typically I try to catch them in person. Okay. Um, and then I guess, so you kind of mentioned you try to visit them. Is it typically once a year or do you try to do more than that? I guess maybe depending on the kid. Yeah, the farm ones, I would try to do it one a year. And most of the time that's all that happens. Uh, if they're working in town here, I will probably catch them a couple times. Um, you know, because once, you know, they're, the visits are typically shorter and you can do several in a day. I mean, you can do quite a few in a day if they're working in town. So, I mean, I will do that. Um, but like say most like the farm kids and even in Napoleon, I don't have as many farm kids, nearly as many farm kids as I used to. Um, but the town ones I can catch, like I say, more than once, but typically I only get out to someone's farm probably once a year. This episode is sponsored by ICEV Media. Their summer conference, CTE Inspired, has over 90 sessions to choose from in their 17 strands. Some of their session strands include ICEV Basics, agricultural science, career exploration, STEM, technology in the classroom, and so much more. Because of the demand for CTE Inspired, they have uh, two conference dates, July 27th through July 29th, or August 9th through 11th. Depending on which sessions that you attend, you have the option of earning professional development certificates and digital a digital badge for those conferences. You can register on icevonline.com forward slash CTE inspired for this free event. I have a few this year. I have two students that for their SAE, they 
they planned a basketball camp because um, we implemented SAE for all. So they have a non-traditional SAE. And so I'm excited. I get to do that SAE visit at the school, but you know, they, they hope they're actually physically hosting it. And so it'll be unique. Um, Cause I'll get to go visit them hosting their bat this basketball camp for a bunch of elementary kids. So that'll be a different SAE visit for me. Um, but when you are with these kids, what do you do on the visit? Like, is there a checklist that you're trying to meet? Is it different for every kid? You know, what are, what are you doing with that kid during that visit? Um, it, I, they are different. And I think I for the listeners, I would say how these visits go also depend on where you at in your career. Um, because I would say 25 years ago, my visits were much different than they are now. Um, just having, this is my, I just completed my 30th year in Napoleon. So there are very few families that I haven't had contact with that I don't know. Um, the majority have probably had students already go through the program. Um, I have a lot more parents who went through the program. So it is different. Uh, I would say my visits are pretty casual. Um, and I would still say, and this for any, all the listeners, whether you're a first year teacher or a veteran teacher is my number one priority. And I think what is very special for ag instructors is this is an opportunity to build relationships that nobody else has. I mean, unless they're doing something very out of the norm, they just don't have that opportunity to go visit a student on their home turf and probably spend, you know, the majority of the time with the student, but yet they make that contact with the parent. And, you know, maybe it's only a few minute visit before you and the student go look at their project, but that is huge in building your ag program. Um, but the things I do do when, you know, I, Obviously, I like to take pictures because even though every kid's on their phone 24-7, they still have problems taking SAE pictures. Um, I like to look at their hours if they're available, but I don't get um, upset about them not having things available. You know, I just try to work with that student. And, you know, sometimes you have that student that you are just happy if they did a little bit of something. And then you also, you have other students who want to achieve a certain award or they wanna to get to a certain level. And for those students, you know, you're gonna look more deep. Like, well, do you have, you know, the financial records for X, Y, Z? Are you tracking every hour that you're working on this project? Are you logging the new skills? So it kind of depends on that student, you know, whether I'm just encouraging them to at least get started or whether you are, like I say, looking at and that student really wants to achieve something, then we're gonna go into more depth. But I think that relationship building is probably always the most important aspect that has nothing to do probably with the SAE, but it does have to do with building that student, parent, teacher relationship. 
And, you know, it comes in handy for so many things throughout the uh, student's life in your ag program. So when you say you, you work with some of them on hours and their skills that they're logging, uh, can you explain to people, like, I'm assuming you're using AET? I am. Okay. So then you have, <laughs> he, he's smiling like he doesn't want to be using it. <laughs> I'm trying to get better at AET. So you you then log in with that student. And if they are a student who is logging those, or maybe you're trying to encourage a student to do those things, are you at that visit maybe showing them how they can um, increase the, the logs of their skills that they're doing? Like, do you, how do you incorporate your record keeping through AET during the visit? It, I, I might do that with a handful of students. And the reason I'm smiling is I struggle with AET. Um, and probably because of that, my students struggle with AET. Uh, do we sometimes look at AET? Yes, because there are students that are doing the best they can with the training they've had, okay? Um, but I don't focus on that. I mean, if a student is still keeping their hours or, and jotting things down on a calendar, I'm okay with that. Cause then we at least have something to work with in the fall when they come back to school. Um, if they already, they're working a job where they're punching a time clock or somehow keeping track of their hours for an employer and it's gonna work for their hours and they're doing construction and we can figure out what they did most of the summer pretty easily. You know, I, I just don't get hung up on it. Um, but like I said, on the other hand, I do have students who are a handful that are pretty good at keeping track of things. And then yes, we will open it up. We'll look at what they have, what they're doing. And before the visit, I check their AET to see what they have been or have not been doing. Um, but we are not by far using AET to its capabilities. I just, I have struggled with getting kids on board with that and learning that's how to really properly. good to hear because that's just, that's been my weak area. And I have two students this summer that I told them like, I need them to get on board because I need to learn it and they need to help me. And so I too, am, I'm going to focus on a few with it and, and build from there because it's just all you can do. But it makes me feel really good to hear that you struggle at it too. <laughs> so. I don't like struggling at things though. <laughs> well, I have, been, I have been tempted on occasion to pull the old North Dakota paper edition of the record book out and say here we go because <laughs> well, it would make things a lot easier i would love to say your secret's safe with us but everybody will know very soon <laughs> that you struggle with the aet because they will listen to this but no it's good um i mean obviously there's room for growth for you and your kids and i think that's i mean that's what what it's all about um so do you, do you do any grading? I, you mentioned earlier that you don't have a summer SAE class, but do you, 
do you do any grading? Do you have a summer, you don't do a summer credit or anything for SAE? I do not do a summer credit for SAE. And I do though, however, grade uh, portions out of the AET and out for SAE during the school year. Because I do require my students, you know, regardless of whether it's a traditional SAE or if they are waitressing at the local cafe, whatever it might be, um, they still complete those portions of the AET, at least the minimum of logging their hours and their uh, journaling and, and those type of things. So I do grade during the year. Um, but I don't during the summer as we don't offer that SAE summer credit. Um, yeah. Brianna, can you talk briefly, because I don't do a summer SAE either, but Wapaton does, correct? Can you talk briefly about how you guys, I think people would be interested to hear how you guys lay yours out. Sure, yeah. So our students have to have 150 hours, like basically throughout the course of the summer. Um, and they, we have them log them in different ways too. So some of them do use the AAT, um, a lot of them are paper and pen. Um, and then they're also required to do one visit with us um, and do all those hours. And then we have them do some of the journaling prompts, like whether that's on AAT or we just print them off for them when school starts again. But, and then they get half a credit and they can get that every single summer um, from the time. Like, so I have eighth graders that are gonna be freshmen that can do it. Um, because then they get half a high school credit each summer. Um, but Darren and I also here in Wapiton also have an SAE contract. So I think that's why like we put such precedence on having the students get a grade for it because we do have to do 20 days of SAE visits dedicated to it. Um, so it's a little bit different than a lot of programs do. But um, so Brian, just kind of going off script here, Nikki kind of mentioned she has some non-traditional SAEs. Do you have any students that have really unique SAEs that people wouldn't necessarily think of? Putting you on the spot a little bit, but. I don't know that I have any like that I think are real unique. I mean, I have, you know, I have kids that have, you know, rabbits and poultry and, you know, work at almost every business in town. Um, nothing really that jumps out to me as being really unique. I mean, I think there are things that all of our students have pretty much. I've had a few this year. I think this year was the most unique for me. And that was because, so my student teacher, Hannah Gress, I know she's gonna be listening. This, this is credit to her because um, you know, I've been really struggling with getting my ninth graders, you know, on board with, with SAEs. And I, my goal was always for them to come up with something that they're passionate about. And for, I mean, Brian, I feel the same way. I have less and less farm kids. So how, you know, how do you have those kids still come up with a project that is meaningful to them? And, you know, when we think of SAE for all, obviously you have to sit down and really think, you know, is what's more important, the award at the end or the skills that they learn. And it's sometimes really hard because I have kids that would have stellar SAEs that would get them lots of awards, but they spend more time doing the things that they love. Um, and sometimes it's not that job that their parents give them. Um, 
So like a few of them this year and, and I'm excited to build off of what Hannah did because I think it's got a lot of potential, but she even had kids, you know, I mentioned the boys that hosted the, um, they're hosting the basketball camp. So they, I mean, they learned just as much skills. Will it ever be a proficiency application? No. Um, but they had to go through the school, the administration, get it approved and, you know, they got shirts and they got sponsorship. And so it really pushed me because you got to get creative of like, how do you, you know, develop that? But a few of the others, um, I had a student who loves video games. So she actually made Minecraft lessons for teachers to help teach agriculture. So like she has a whole Minecraft world uh, that helps teach teachers how to use Minecraft to teach kids about like apiaries. But I know nothing about Minecraft, but she just loved it. And she wanted to spend her time in that. And for me, it's like, maybe that's better than logging your hours feeding your cat at home. I don't know. I'm, I'm still in that, in that area of the SAE proficiency world where I don't know how I feel. But um, for some of them though, it was a real passion project and that was really cool. So, um, you mentioned communication before. So with your students and your parents, you're primarily just communicating through email, correct? When you're setting up your um, your SAE visits? Yeah, with, with, well, I use the email first and foremost, I guess, but most of my kids and most of the parents, I also have their cell numbers. So I will message uh, parents and students, um, you know, via the, uh, just a regular text message, um, you know, and of course you still traditionally make a phone call here and there. Do you ever, uh, with those students that have a traditional employer, do you, do you ever communicate with them, send a letter afterwards, thanking them for coming into their business? Do you ever do anything like that? I don't, I guess, well, kind of two different things. On a normal SAE visit, I'll just simply visit with the employer if they're in, you know, present. Um, and being in a small community for a long time, I pretty much know all those uh, employers. Um, not really send thank yous or anything except during during the school year when we have our co-op program. You know, then it's treated a little different, you know, because they are actually doing it as part of the school and, you know, we'll send out a couple times during the year thanking them for placing a student and what they're doing for the students and visit, you know, during the school year, I'll do quite a few visits that way too, obviously, you know, that are at co-op placements. Yes, you know, some of them consider that part of their SAE and they they all are part of their SAE, but some kids don't even, they're like, well, this is just sort of something else I do, you know, because maybe they're a farm kid who's, you know, has a livestock project and a crop project and yeah, they, you know, do a co-op placement, but they don't even really consider that part of their SAE program, you know, even though obviously it is. Do you have, I know you said like you don't have them as a grade really during the summer, but in the school year, like, do you have a limit on or requirement of how many hours they need to get for that grade or is it case by case? 
I don't because I, it's just, there's such a wide variety. Um, and for some kids, it's just hard, you know, like Nikki named a couple unique ones and I don't like say necessarily have unique that I think are unique, but if a student is working at the care center and that's their primary placement, they do their SAE on that placement. They're, I feel for the most part, they're still learning a ton of job skills. Is it ever gonna be a proficiency award or no, it's not. But, but I don't have a minimum you know, number of hours. I just, I, I don't know really how you would implement that. I mean, like I can see if you're offering credit over the summer where you have to have a minimum standard they have to reach. But since ours, you know, I'm not doing that, I don't have a minimum. Yeah, I think this year Hannah had the kids do, they only had to do two hours in their SAE, the freshmen. And for some, that was way easy, you know, and for others, like two hours was so much time to them. It shouldn't have been, <laughs> but for them, it's an eternity. So, you know, uh, I'm excited to, to build off of that, but we wanted to keep it kind of low because we didn't know, you know, when they all vary, like you said, Brian, it's hard, it's hard to, when a kid gets to go into work every day and, and work five hours a day versus a kid who can only work in the summer, you know, the hours look a little different. Um, do you do anything, I'm just curious, when you get done with an SAE visit, do you send any pictures to the newspaper does it go in your school newsletter? Do you do any like marketing with, with your SAE program throughout the school year? Yeah, I, not so much during the school year as during the summer, I guess. Um, we'll do some social media posts. Um, we will do some things. We have a chapter newsletter uh, that will throw uh, some pictures in there with captions. Um, probably last year when we were not going to school is probably the most I ever did. Um, we kind of tried to feature a kid every day on our Facebook page uh, with working at their home um, or whatever their SAE project was. And I just, you know, we were doing the Zoom thing like everybody, but I had students just submit, uh, had them take two, three pictures of them working. And of course that was the one positive of the not going to school part is especially my farm kids put in a lot of hours during calving season. And so we did, a, I put more effort into getting those out there, but yeah, we will feature kids throughout the year. Um, not so much in the newspaper. That would be more our co-op kids. will do that with um, sometimes and we don't do it every year, uh, but sometimes we'll try to feature a kid every now and then and our, local paper is awesome to work with they're always willing to do it if you know we're submitting you know we actually submit things so we do try to get as much publicity on that as we can um you know and we have been fortunate our kids have received several SAE grants every year uh for many years so we try to make sure that we get a lot of PR on those um, to motivate other students and also basically to thank the people that make those possible. And 
you know, we, I guess we do a fair amount of publicity for SAE related items. I remember seeing your Facebook posts last year and I thought they were really cool. Um, and it probably helps you get pictures of all your SAE, SAE kids now too, so. Well, it helps. <laughs> um, I guess if you can kind of think back to, you know, 30 years ago when you first started your your career, which was longer than I've been alive, by the way. Um, <laughs> kind of like, what tips would you have? I had to say it. <laughs> what tips would it's you have? It's actually 35, 35, 35, but 30 and Napoleon. Sure. Um, 35 years, like total. Is that the, is that a record in our state? No. What is the highest? I have no idea. You can do it. No. I would, if I was a new ag instructor or even just moving into a new program, I guess, depending on when you start in that new position, I mean, if you're starting in August, I guess I wouldn't worry about it too much until school got started. If you're coming on a little earlier, um, you know, I would try to find out first off, you know, who those active students are that, you know, are going to be, oh yeah, you know, I have an SAE project and I would love to come out and for you to come out and look at that, look at my project and and get to meet you and that type of thing. But I guess, I, you know, officers, you know, if I was coming in and I had no idea of anything, you know, I would expect, well, probably my officers are pretty active members. And I would assume that some people in the community could tell you like, hey, who are some of the active kids in this program last year? You know, and I would, you know, like say start out relatively small but at least get it started um and then as your the school year starts and you get to meet your students and so on then you could actually get rolling you know more into what you want to do yeah and you know it's such a big it's such a big task that you know it's better for you to just bite off a little bit at a time and you'll be more successful but i think SAE is something that you're just going to constantly be revamping your whole career because, you know, the kids are changing, SAEs are changing, um, you know, just how you meet, how you meet them um, with that area of, you know, ag ed is going to be different. So be okay with, be okay with not being good at it because I'm still not good at it. <laughs> We're still trying. Um, well, to wrap up, I just, I just want to ask, how do you, um, you have a lot of students, okay, and, and Brianna too, with your summer SAE program, is there any documentation that you do as a teacher, whether it's in a notebook, on AET, any documentation you do uh, to just record your time in SAE and how long it's, it, it takes you how many you've done? Is there anything like that that you do? I keep track. I mean, and just a very general uh, when I'm up, if I'm, I guess, regardless whether they're in town or out of town, um, just in a notebook, I keep the date, the mileage, 
uh, who I visited, what their SAE project consists of, maybe you know, a one or two word. Um, but I, I don't submit it anywhere because it's not required here and it's never been questioned, I guess, um, because I'm always here. So they just figure I'm here working. But, um, you know, I would have some documentation I, and I would recommend, you know, that all ag teachers that at least you have a minimum, like I say, the date. And if you're doing mileage, obviously you should be keeping track of your mileage so you can get reimbursed um, or using a school vehicle, whatever your school district does. But, you know, that's what I do, I guess. I just keep it in a notebook and it goes in a file at the end of the year and or the end of summer typically. And and it's there if I ever need to verify that um but that's all i do brianna yours sounds pretty formal do you guys how do you keep track of that for yours since you you have a separate contract just for sae right i mean it's a little bit on the honor system some way we can um so i work through a tech center for those that don't know if you're in tech center um so we have different cars like i could go get one of the tech center cars to take on sae visits which is nice um, especially if you're driving, you know, out in the country a lot. Um, but just on our summer calendar, when we turn it in, we have to have 20 days dedicated to that. Technically, July is supposed to be SAE visits, but, you know, us three all know that there's a state fair and there's, you know, other things thrown in there too. So as long as we're doing at least 20 days worth, um, they're happy with that. And then um, any numbers that we, that we uh, have in the program, we have to report to the director um, and all of ours at the tech center is based on like how much we get paid is based on how many students we have in SAE. So it's kind of a tiered system, um, which is nice for like the bigger programs that have a ton of kids that we're trying to visit during that time. But um, there's nothing that, like there's no formal documentation that we have to do, I guess, like for hours or anything like that. And there is right, Brianna, in AET, if you're someone listening that needs to keep track formally, there is, right, a section where you can do that. Yeah, on the tracker, um, the tracker tab on the AET, you can input all of your hours that you spend doing that. Yeah, so if that's something you need to do, check out AET or, I mean, simply just keep it in your phone, notebook, um, something like that. Maybe you have a better way and you wanna send it to us. We would love to see it. Um, well, Brian, this is all really good. We we really appreciate you being here, especially talking about a topic that is so different across even the state of North Dakota. Um, so thanks so much. We appreciate that. You're welcome. Not a problem. Um, and for those listening, make sure you like Here by the Owl podcast on Facebook and Instagram. If you have a future topic idea or you want to be a guest, please reach out to us. We would love to have you.